This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPNU, ESPN App, all of our great stations across the country, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are coming to you live from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17 in New York City. By the way, have you seen this? Shout out to Mad Dog, by the way. Is he here? Mad Dog Chris Russo? Yeah, he just gave us a wave through oh, the, through the control room. Te- yeah. Where is he? Yeah, he's I didn't right see him. Oh, there he, there he is. Yeah, he's just giving us a shout out, man. I he's know. The, I, I Mad Dog is the best. Him. Mad Dog is the best. I yeah. haven't met him yet. I mean, he's, right. he, he's literally a part of the reason why we have the opportunity to do what we do for a living. For sure. Oh, yeah? <laughs> literally invented sports I, radio. <laughs> I worked for him for the last 12 years, so I'm, he's the best. Yeah. Um, but what a weird transition I'm about to make here. So did you, see, did you see the viral video? There's a, a random dude walking around naked at an airport. Saw it, unfortunately. No, Just I did not. Wish I could. Don't want to see it. No, I, yeah, right. But I saw that once. I'm sorry. At an airport in Dubai, I saw it once. Please tell. So I was. Right. There's so much I, more to that. Story. I was flying home from Thailand, and I had a layover in Dubai. And there was just a, a random man walking around totally naked. Not the place you want to do it. He got tackled mm-hmm. and escorted out. But I, I was coming off the plane. I was delirious. And I remember looking and saying, oh, my God, that guy has no clothes on. What, what, is going what part on? of Thailand did you visit? Um, I went to Bangkok and I was in Phuket for a while. Okay. So I guess the guy in the airport was like, Phuket. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed he was. Okay, got it. After that, I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to get home. I need to get out of here. So did you laugh or you're like, this guy's sick. I'm afraid of him. Like, how, how did you react to that? I minded my business, Evan. I was like, where is my gate? Let me mm. get out of here. That is not a situation I'm going to insert myself no, into. No, absolutely In not. a foreign country, somebody walking around without clothes on, a man no less. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm out. Uh, wait, what? I don't they're even look. know if you have to be in a foreign country. I just think if, Correct. You see, Correct. if you see that anywhere, you get as far away from that individual as humanly possible. Correct. As quickly as possible. Correct. Let me just make sure. We hear, Jer- no, Jerry, we cannot play this on television. Uh, Jerry, come on. I mean, Jerry wanted to play that video on TV. I mean, no. horrible, Jerry. No How way. dare you? No. Uh, but yeah, that's a viral video going around right now of that. So yeah, you can search that at your own peril. I what guess. would you would you would you film that if you saw it? No. See, I wouldn't either. I'm, I'm trying to get away as quickly as possible. That person is clearly off. They are not in a rational state. Why would I want to put myself around somebody that's being irrational? Yeah. Not- Only bad things can happen. There's no part of that story that ends well if you try to intervene or insert yourself. Period. Now, here's the only catch for me on this. I agree. I would not film it. I just started Instagram at Evco Radio because I, I, I've never had Instagram before. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm the one that should film it to get the followers up on Instagram. Follow me, by the way, at Evco Radio <laughs> so, on Instagram. So, so you're basically going to put yourself at risk for some clout. What? You're not above it. <laughs> Apparently, he's, like, I'll do it. he's not that, above it. In he's that not case, above it. In that, as long as nobody's harming someone else, I mean, uh, if I had enough but followers. But what if that I'd... person ends up harming you? That's the point. Yeah, that's a problem. You're going to end up on Actually, World Star. That, that would be a better video. <laughs> he wants clout. That would be yeah. a better video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody's attacking him. Without clout. Butt naked. <laughs> you, know what, you know what's, by the way, funny? Yesterday, we stumbled on something on the show that we blew right by, but the more you think about it, the more I have now a new revelation of thing about the NFL. I think everybody should make the decision before the season that whatever it is you think is going to happen, 
if you're a gambler, bet the exact opposite. What did we stumble on yesterday? That, well, the AFC is loaded before the season. AFC, you can't break through. Well, the NFC is way better so far than the the AFC. Yet, when you have the, the conversation about the divisions... You look at it and you say, okay, well, NFC North is 2-6 and six, where we thought maybe all the teams going in would kind of be average-ish in the NFC North this year. None mm-hmm. of them great, but like all theoretically finished, let's say, between 7-10 and 10 and 10 and 7. Mm-hmm. The NFC East is 7-1. and one. The NFC South, which we all thought was going to be horrible before the season started, we thought the NFC South would be the random dude walking around the airport naked. That's what the <laughs> NFC South would look like. Now they're the person walking through the airport in a three-piece suit all dressed up. So what's, Joe Fort- Fortenbaugh? Yeah, basically Joe Fortenbaugh with the vest and the mustache. So what would we say right now is the worst division in football? Which one would we say? I mean, look at the AFC West at 2-6. and six. That's I, crazy. I'm, I'm going to go with the AFC South. Me too. I'm going to say that's the worst division in football. You're I not saying that, that as three, confidently as me. That 3-5 well, 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 is a little fraudulent. Yeah, yeah, you know that 3-5 I mean? is fraudulent. you got to provide context to it. I mean, I think it comes down to the AFC South and the NFC North. And when you have divisions that are that close in terms of quality of competition, I always go to quarterback play. Three of the four quarterbacks in the NFC North are top six in QBR. Three of the four quarterbacks in the AFC South are bottom eight. In QBR, so I just I, I, not that QBR is the end all be all, but just I think it's representative of the caliber of quarterback play that you've gotten from the two divisions, and that's why I would side with the NFC North over the AFC South. But how much of what we're viewing the NFC North as being has to do with the Bears and how disappointing the Bears have been through yeah. the first two games? Yeah, I, definitely. I think there's no question about that. When I look at the worst division, I go to that place of quarterback, obviously, because that's how I analyze every piece of football It's looking at the quarterback first. And I think, okay, so if we look at the NFC North and we look at the NFC South and we were to draft most likely QB to take his current team to the Super Bowl this year, who's the first pick in that draft? Because I, I think- Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence. No, no, I'm sorry. NFC North and NFC oh, South. Oh, NFC South. Oh, yeah, those, the two oh, NFC. Okay. Jared yeah, Goff? That, so not the that's, divisions we that's why, you, that's why I wouldn't say the AFC South, yeah, right? Yeah. Because Trevor Lawrence is an easy pick. So if yeah. I just said NFC, NFC North and South, and we have to draft your quarterback this year to take his team to the Super Bowl, first pick for you is Goff? Yeah, I'm going Jared Goff. Kirk Cousins. See, I think the most logical person on this list is somebody that I'm not a huge fan of. I think it's actually Derek Carr because I think their offense is good enough where maybe they could they – could Well, we're drafting quarterbacks. Yeah, we're just we're, drafting, we're the, drafting guy. the quarterback. We're not talking about the pieces right, but around on their, No, but I'm saying on their specific team this year. Oh, on their specific team, then, yeah, it's Derek Carr just right. because of the weapons and the defense. Oh, yeah. yeah, I so thought then, we were going just players. Yeah, right, so then, then we have to look, in my mind, at the NFC North as the worst division because Cousins, we've said, we think is going to be on a different team, right? Mm-hmm. Love is not going to take them to the Super Bowl this year. Goff, their team is pretty good, but it's hard to envision him taking this team to the Super Bowl. And we've talked so much about the Bears that of those two divisions, the only team that we could even make up in our head maybe somehow could end up in a Super Bowl, I guess it would be the Saints. No, I see the argument that you're making, but I will push back with this argument. Uh, I mean, of the divisions that we're talking about, which one has a chance to get multiple teams in? To me, that's the NFC North over the NFC South and the AFC, AFC South. Like, I just look at the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers have the potential to get in the playoffs. They have the personnel. They need competent quarterback play in Green Bay. They're getting competent quarterback play in Detroit. Their defense needs to step up and play a little bit better than they showed against the Seahawks this past week. But 
Those would be the two teams that I say could find their way in. I could see Detroit winning that division and Green Bay grabbing a wild card spot. I can't see two teams from the NFC South or the AFC South making it to the postseason. I know they started 0-2, but you're totally out on Minnesota. I'm out on Minnesota. Okay. And you're, I'm out on but Minnesota. also, let's not ignore it, out on the two 2-0 two teams in Tampa and Atlanta. I'm not buying into Tampa I, No, I agree. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't think, think that's sustainable. Into, yeah, not at all. Not at all. But that all said, right? So none of that is surprising. But then when you look at the NFC East, the Cowboys look awesome. The Eagles are undefeated, not looking awesome. The Commanders, you think, were going to make the playoffs before the season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that division is loaded. And then you look at the NFC West. The Niners are arguably the best team in the entire NFL with how they've played so far. The Rams have already exceeded expectations. Yes, they have. Like, Big literally time. already they, exceeded they expectations. Yeah. Big time. And then Seattle is kind of where we thought they would be. So, there are more good teams in the NFC than we ever anticipated going into the season. And now, conversely, you look at the AFC. Jets are no longer a contender. Buffalo had a horrific first game. Cincinnati, if Burrow's out, not a contender. The Browns were so bad in week two, we're questioning them. Jacksonville, okay. Uh, Kansas City, obviously. And the Chargers are 0-2. Yes, it's only two weeks. But if you think about where we were before the season versus where we are now, night and day different already. No doubt about it. I mean, I guess the Chargers would probably be... Um, the biggest surprise in the conference, Joe Burrow's injury notwithstanding. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, looking at it, the NFC has seven teams that are undefeated through two weeks. The AFC has two. So, I mean, it, there is a difference in terms of what we thought coming into the season versus the reality of what the first two weeks in the NFL have unveiled for us. But, yeah, if I'm looking at the divisions in the AFC that, that are going to be closely contested, I would probably say there's only going to be one, and that's the AFC East. Pretty much every other division, we know who's going to win. We know the Baltimore Ravens are probably going to win the AFC North based on what we've seen from the Steelers' offense, the Browns' offense, and the Bengals as a whole. We know who's going to win the AFC South. That's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we know who's going to win the West, the Kansas City Chiefs. There is no theater, that is crazy. There is no that theater is crazy. or drama when it comes to the division winners in the AFC. With the NFC, we don't know who's going to win the NFC East. We don't. We have an idea. We don't know. We don't know who's going to win the NFC North. And I think we know who's going to win the South and the West. But again, I think there's more gray, there's more, I guess, competition at, on the whole when we go division by division in NFC versus the AFC. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but correct me if I'm wrong based on what you just said. You think three divisions in the AFC are already done? Oh, I said four, all four. I mean, I think, yeah, no. Yeah, three you, divisions. You gave yeah. a gray area with the three, East. Yeah, yeah I yeah, gave a gray area with the East. So, yes, three of the four divisions, yeah. So Chiefs, Jags, and Baltimore. Yeah, they're going to win their divisions. That's done. Locked. Lock it in. If you got bets on the futures, take 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 those teams. Over and done with. Over and done with. The AFC East is the only is the only interesting one, and the only reason the only reason that it's interesting is Tua and done. the concussions. Yep. That's it. Yeah. That's the only reason. If Tua, if you told me Tua is going to remain healthy for the remaining fifteen games, I would say all four divisions in the AFC have already been decided. Okay, all four. So two is healthy. So everybody's healthy. That's healthy now, and everybody's banged up. That's banged up now. So we're not projecting. So, so Joe Burrow. Joe out. Burrow's banged. Well, okay. And if he's health, if he's playing, he's banged up. Yeah. All four divisions are done in your mind. Yes, in my mind, it's over. After two weeks. After two weeks, I've seen what I need to see. Wow. I've seen what I need to see. Smalls, I want you to disagree with me. I, I know you're looking for a way to disagree with me, but you can't. You can't find it. Okay, so the AFC East. You don't think that Buffalo is going to find a way 
You don't think that they're going I'm to get back to you, where I'm Buffalo has you, done? Do you think Buffalo is going to find a way? I like the Dolphins much better. <laughs> See, there you go. I, I'll, I'll find one. Okay. I got one. What you and, got? It's, and it's only out of pacing themselves. I could see a scenario in which maybe Kansas City doesn't win the division because they're, they're pacing themselves a little bit. Here's the problem. I don't know who, who will wins win it. That's the problem. Yeah. If they ain't going to win it, yeah. who does? Yeah. Come on, Russ. Give me something. That's, that's why I went with the East because Buffalo, maybe. You know, Josh Allen can figure well, it out. Well, that's the problem. I could have this Kansas City's going to pace themselves and they still win the damn division. That's the Kansas City could take three, four games, quote, unquote, off. And they still end up winning that division. But I don't think Kansas City will pace themselves because we know how important home field advantage has been to their success with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. Mahomes quite literally has never played a road playoff game. Maybe if you want to count the Super Bowl against the Bucks, but they were technically the home team even though it was in a Bucks stadium. But he's never played a road playoff game. Ever. So, I mean, I, I don't know that they're going to pace themselves, but they got a hell of a lot of margin for error based on the division that they play in. All right, coming up, we gotta we got to get into this MVP debate. Dak Prescott is not an MVP, but one of his teammates potentially may be, and it's kind of absurd. Plus, which teams are you willing to bet on will win more games than expected this year? We'll get to that coming up. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM, uh, Channel 80, ESPNU, and the ESPN app, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. So this whole MVP debate has been out there. Mm-hmm. We've got to get to some of these uh, updated win totals. But in general, I'll, I'll ask a big picture question and see where you guys go with this. If both of you have a vote at the end of the season, so we're not saying now, you don't have to vote for Michael Parsons right now, although you could. You don't have to vote for T.J. Watt right now, although you could. After 17 regular season games, if either of you had a vote, could you vote on a non-quarterback to win the MVP in the NFL? If it was a non-quarterback, it'd have to be a pass rusher because I think based on the rules of today's game, those guys are valued more than any other position. All you got to do is look at pay scale. Nicky Bosa just got a contract extension and a new money average of $34 million per year. 
the NFL is telling us if it's if it's a non-quarterback, the most valuable position on the field is the guy that knocks the quarterback down, the guy that doesn't need anybody else to do his job. I think wide receivers kind of crept up there. I mean, Tyreek Hill is getting $30 million a year, so it's one of those positions that's viewed in that way. But I think the pass rusher position is probably where I would go if I were to vote for an MVP that's not a quarterback. I know that the quarterback is the quote-unquote most valuable position on the field, but I don't necessarily know if it's the most impactful game-to-game, so I absolutely could vote for a non-quarterback for MVP. Explain that. What do you mean not the most impactful? I think Micah Parsons has been more impactful than any quarterback on his team or quarterback that he's played in the two games he's played. No? I agree with that. He's impacted the game more. Than the quarterbacks on his team, than Dak Prescott and the quarterbacks that he's played. Yeah, see, I mean, you're not wrong on what you're saying, but my mind always goes to the place that that in order for a non-quarterback to be impactful, the quarterback has to do his job first. The quarterback has to not give the other team the ball. The quarterback has to to make sure that he doesn't fumble it, throw interceptions, have bad decision making, etc. Because none of it matters unless that guy does his job. But is is the pass rusher the catalyst for that performance? Is Micah Parsons the catalyst for what we saw out of Daniel Jones or what we saw out of Zach Wilson? You could easily make that argument. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And I I think it's hard to quantify what Micah Parsons' impact overall is. Like, you can point to the sack numbers. He's top three in sacks. I think he's third in the amount of pressures he's got. And he's tops in pass rush win rate despite being double teamed on 48% of passing snaps. Like, just the... The, the the threat of Micah Parsons and how he dictates to opposing offenses creates opportunities for everybody else on the defensive side of the ball. And what has been the calling card for the Dallas Cowboys defense over the last two years and the first two games of this season? Taking the football away. They've led the league in takeaways in back-to-back years, and they're right there again this year. And it's because Micah Parsons creates so many opportunities for other people because of the attention that he attracts from opposing offenses. So again... I don't know that we fully caught up to being able to measure or quantify how he impacts winning, and that's why it's going to make it hard for him to get an MVP over like a Dak Prescott or another quarterback because we can easily measure a quarterback's success based on the stats that we understand. We understand passing touchdowns. We understand turnover touchdown-to-interception ratio. We understand the yards. We understand QBR. Those things make sense to us. Michael Parsons' impact can't be fully quantified in terms of how he impacts that defense and how he impacts the team's success. I did not realize this till I looked this up. Do you know the last non-quarterback, non-running back to win the MVP in the NFL? Was I, n- uh, you want to guess? I would go Lawrence Taylor yeah. in 86, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. 1986. And he had 20 and a half sacks. What's also unbelievable is the amount of... It's a lot of damn wow. sacks. <laughs> wow. Think about it. Think about what the wow. game was back then. Because they didn't throw the ball all over the yard like now. And it's think a, about, one last game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one last yeah game. wow. It's, it's unbelievable. That's why, that's why Herm was like, don't even go there. Yeah, that's why Herm said it wasn't it. Yeah, exactly. And he showed him the practice in handcuffs. But, but, but let me paint the picture, though. Because we've talked about this before. If the Dallas Cowboys go 15-2 and two or 16-1, and one, they have the best record in all of football. And Micah Parsons flirts with or breaks the sack record. You mean to tell me that he can't win MVP? So let me counter that, right, with a fair thought that that we've had on this show. We have said that Lamar Jackson needs to just be the old version of himself. He doesn't need to be anything more for his team to dominate. So let's say that Micah Parsons sets a sack record. Let's say they're 14-3, and okay? Mm. Which is pretty damn good, obviously. And then let's say Lamar Jackson basically has 32. Five touchdowns passing and 10 interceptions and 10 rushing touchdowns. And the Ravens win the division with a worse record than the Cowboys. Who's the MVP? 
It's going to be tough, but it'd probably be Lamar Jackson, yeah. the guy that's already won an MVP. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a quarterback-driven league. I right. don't think anybody's yeah. disputing that or debating that, but I think when it comes to MVP, we have to get into the conversation of value over replacement, and, and I just think that what Micah Parsons does can't easily be replicated or duplicated uh, in the National Football League. I, I mean, this guy can play – eight or nine different positions on defense, that type of versatility and being able to line up in different spots and impact the game in different ways, not just the passing game, but what he can do in the running game. This is a guy that took the ball from Dalvin Cook on a run play. He just literally (laughs) took the ball from him. So I think that is the single best argument, the versatility part of this, because I've tried to – we've done simultaneously different things. We've argued about Parsons, which is fair – and defense versus offense value. Sure. In the case of Parsons, the number one thing that comes to mind, oddly enough, and it's a newsy story, is actually Shohei Otani. Because I think that Shohei Otani should be voted MVP as long as he has a good season every single year because his value, being able to hit and pitch, is like we've never seen simultaneously yes. in the history of baseball. One. Right? And now moving forward, next year we know because of the surgery, he's only going to be a hitter, everyday player, and not a pitcher. So his value decreases. So if you feel like, which I know you're making the argument, CeCe, that the reason that Parsons is different than Aaron Donald. The reason that he's different than TJ Watt is that you can literally employ your defense differently based on the roster that you have because of his versatility. I think that is the best argument specifically for him. You can carry one less linebacker, defensive lineman, whatever it is, because that guy is on your team. And if you need him here or there, he can fill that need. But even with all of that being said, he could sustain his production throughout the entirety of the season, put up monster numbers, and the game is still rigged against him. He still likely won't win MVP, which is outrageous to me that somebody could be that elite at their position, so transcendent, so disruptive, fill different roles on a team, and likely still lose out on this award. Because it's, it's the, wild. because of the position because value. of the position yeah so that's why the the conversation has to shift as far as different awards that we're giving out if the quarterback <clears> is going to be deemed so valuable that someone who isn't as impactful at their specific position could win over someone like Michael but, but could be the second best player in the entire league correct behind Pat Mahomes Michael Parsons could be the best player in the NFL correct and if he from his positional standpoint has a better season than Patrick Mahomes or another quarterback but doesn't win the award, then we need to separate the awards. Yes. We need to start Fine. start giving these designations in different ways. And and they'll never do this, but they should salary cap it also. There should be a separate salary cap for the quarterback. But I'll say it. I yes. think you just stumbled on something too because we're going to get to an interesting salary cap decision that Jerry Jones has to make when it comes to the contract for Michael Parsons, who's first time eligible next offseason, and Dak Prescott, who has a cap hit of what, $60 million in wow. 2024? Not to mention having to pay CeeDee Lamb and some other guys that they have contracts come and do. And I'm sitting here thinking about it. If, if we're talking about somebody on the Cowboys this year winning MVP, the first name that pops in my mind is not Dak Prescott, but it's Michael Parsons. Yeah. If you're Jerry Jones and you're building out your team, is there a case to be made about moving on from Dak Prescott in the interest of making sure you take care of Michael Parsons, making sure you take care of your defense, making sure you take care of CeeDee Lamb? I don't know, man. I look at how the San Francisco 49ers have been able to operate I think you can make a case that the Cowboys would be better off auctioning off Dak Prescott and bringing back that draft capital in order to move up and take a young quarterback in the next upcoming draft and allowing that defense to rock out. Because you always say it, a quarterback, the easiest way to winning a championship is having a quarterback that outperforms his contract. 
quite literally, the way that Dak Prescott negotiates his deal, you will never have that in Dallas as long as he's your guy under center. Yeah. But but Michael Parsons will always give you a chance with the way that he plays and what that defense can become. So I think it's setting up for an interesting decision that the Cowboys have to make in terms of how they structure your roster. And like you said, if Michael Parsons gives you that flexibility, that versatility – then that's a, a question that Jerry Jones is going to have to answer. And I would never put myself, if I can, in the either-or with those two because you want to keep both of them. But I will say it as bluntly as I possibly can. This guy, Micah Parsons, is infinitely better than the guy I'm about to mention at his job. But Desmond Ritter to the Atlanta Falcons impacts winning more by not making mistakes than Micah Parsons does by being elite at his position. It's the nature of the value of the positions in the NFL. This is a quarterback league. A quarterback just being good is more impactful to winning than a pass rusher being great. So let me let me. So if I'm picking up what you're putting down, a guy that makes plays is not as important as a guy that doesn't make mistakes. At those two positions, yes, in my opinion. Wow. Yeah. Is, my, is that, that that means MVP? No, but it means the value is greater at the quarter. If Here's what it would be. A guy who plays quarterback who doesn't make mistakes. So the value to their team's success, it's more important that a quarterback doesn't make mistakes versus a guy that makes plays like Micah Parsons. The only thing that I would yes, say to that, uh, yes, the, that only thing, the only thing that I would say to that is, I mean, the value over replacement. I can find another Desmond Ritter. I can't find another Micah Parsons. And so that's where it, it becomes hard to qualify what the MVP award is. But based on the history of the award over the last decade or so, they've made it clear. The quarterback is the most important position. And at the end of the season, it's going to be a who's who of quarterbacks that are lining up for the top vote getters at the MVP award. You are probably 10 games better with Patrick Mahomes and an average pass rusher than you are with an average uh, average passer. Well, that's and, a, that's and an outlier Parsons. that's an outlier cuz yeah. how many quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes? All right, like we'll it's Mahomes and continue it coming up plus we want to revisit some of the early over/unders cuz they've changed. We'll do that next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The Iceman Paul Wall, what? Hung out with him at LSU once, no big deal. Humble brag, little flex. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it is. He's really nice. The people's champ? I called him George Foreman. He laughed. (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot of like well oh, done smalls well done it's a lot of, i hung out with this person i hung out with that person yeah. for smalls she's certainly the coolest person on this show oh, not saying there's, much there's, there's, no, across there me, is no question about that it is on sportsman like on espn is radio he shirt? he's cool oh uh, boy <laughs> ah, presented by car sales <laughs> that's it you know what 
I, I thought about this before we started the show a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> now you have given me the impetus. I'm looking in the camera on ESPNU. I'm speaking on Sirius XM Channel 80 and all of our stations across the country. Send us merch. I am only wearing station gear now the rest of the way. So only hoodies and t-shirts. I am only wearing ESPN affiliates the rest of the way. Smalls knows I got a whole bag of ESPN gear in the back. He does. I got an ESPN LA sweatshirt. I think that's where I'm going tomorrow. All of the ESPN stations out there, send us the gear and I'm going to wear it because I refuse now. To wear button-down shirts. I refuse. I'll put That's in a, a call to say Oh, yes, you're it's laughing good... at me. I need big pun. You're laughing at me. You're laughing at me. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, okay. Uh, before we get to the phone calls on the MVP stuff, and we want to do some over-under updates here, which mm-hmm. uh, now I'm thinking there's no chance we'll get to today, so maybe tomorrow. But um, Shohei Atani, small as you mentioned it in the uh, Sports Center update, he is out now for the rest of the season. He's a free agent going into this year. And he's not going to be able to pitch next year. The numbers that people have thrown out there, 50 or 60 million. Can you give him that number if you're not sure about his pitching future? No, you absolutely cannot. Uh, Would you take a chance on him with that number? I probably would. Yeah, I would too. Would you? $500 million over 10 years? Him. Not everyone. Him. He seems like one of one. But now with this injury, so many of these long-term pitching contracts that we've seen, they don't work out. And I would just be a little apprehensive, even though he is an absolute unicorn two-way player, of giving him that type of money that's going to hamstring the way that you can construct your team if you don't know if he's going to be healthy. Well, Smalls, here's the thing. Forget about just pitching contracts. Anytime teams give guys three, four hundred million dollars million, when does it work out on the back end of those deals? Hello, it, LA it, Angels. It, it, it never, it it's ne- a wasteland it, of contracts. It, it there. never does, but the goal is to win a championship within the first four or five years of the deal when you sign guys to those 10, 12 year contracts. And I think you absolutely can, even if Shohei Otani is only confined to being a DH for the first year or two of the deal. Now, this is a guy who went healthy that has the potential to be the best pitcher in all of baseball, and I don't think that's a tough sell because we've seen it already. I mean, so when you start talking about this guy's cage per nine innings, it's unbelievable. Like, it's unprecedented what we've seen from him. So I don't think it's it's too far of a too much, too far, a bridge too far, or too much of a risk to pay him $500 million, even though he might not be a pitcher for you in 2024. Yeah, so when you ask that question, Smalls, the reason that I would say yes, I would give him the money is because let's use his own team. If Anthony Rendon breaks down and he can't do one aspect of, of his everyday job, there's nothing else he could do. If you tell me Otani can't pitch, he's still the best offensive player in baseball. He was leading the league in home runs before he got hurt. If you tell me he can't hit, he's still potentially in the Cy Young candidate okay. race. But my counter to that would be one player cannot do it all. If if one or two good players cannot do it all. If that was the case, the Angels would win the World Series every year because they have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Yes. And they cannot get out of their own way. I would be reluctant to give him that much money, worried about the health, because you have to have more than that around around somebody like Shohei Otani. And having a contract of that magnitude prohibits you from going out and making other moves. Okay, so what if... What are the betting favorites to land Shohei Otani this winter? The L.A. Dodgers go out and make that move. If you see the Dodgers give him a $500 million contract, does it change the way you feel about giving them that money? Not the Dodgers. Exactly. Right, so, but those are the only, exactly. teams that, the, yeah. only the, the only teams that will give him the $500 million are those that can't be hamstrung by the contract. But not only that, the Dodgers, though, are so good at drafting and developing. That's why I they're not going to rely on Shohei Otani to be the savior. He's another piece to an already great team and a franchise that knows how to build talent through the pipe. I would say that if we look at his numbers, 
he may have had the greatest three-year stretch of individually, not team-wise, the greatest three-year stretch in the history of the sport. What he's done over the last three years is greater than anyone has ever done in a three-year span over the, the history, the 8,000-year history of Major League Baseball. Right? We saw Doggy walking around here today. He's probably talking to somebody from 1892 <laughs> today about baseball. Uh, Chuck in South Carolina watching on ESPNU talking about MVPs in the NFL. Yes, I, I agree with uh, Chris Candy. I believe that uh, Michael Parsons might win it this year. Yeah, but remember, Candy said he should, or if he it has those scenarios where he's leading the league in sacks and they're fourteen and three, whatever it is. But also, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, DC. Your point is you don't believe it's actually going to happen because you believe people will default to the best quarterback. Yeah, I think it's because the quarterback has metrics, has numbers that everybody easily understands. Whereas the impact of Michael Parsons is not something that the casual football fan is going to get outside of the sack total. So that's why guys that have gaudy sack numbers always win defensive player. Of the year it's because it's something that people easily understand whereas it's a little more complicated a little more nuanced in terms of evaluating what Michael Parsons does again this guy is third in sacks he's third in pressures and he has the top pass rush win rate but the thing that people miss is that he gets double team on half the passing snaps half of them but think about that on those passing snaps the rest of the Cowboys defense is playing 10 on 9 how does that impact how those guys do? How is that impacting the plays they make, the, the turnovers, the sacks, the tackles for loss? Those are the things that make it hard to quantify what Micah does, which is why I absolutely think he should be in the MVP conversation. But I can also simultaneously understand that it probably won't happen. Now, if the Cowboys go 15-2 and two or 16-1 and one and he breaks the sack record, then I think it's an easier narrative for people to follow in terms of Micah being the MVP but short of that, it ain't going to happen. Say that number about him. He puts up those numbers despite being double teamed 50% of that. Is well, it's technically st- 48%. No, yeah. that is <laughs> stupid good. Yeah, that is crazy. stupid good. Crazy. Still not a quarterback. John in Mississippi <laughs> watching on ESPNU. What's up, John? Hey, how you doing? Um, I would have to say that they are, like, I was talking with, uh, I mean, I heard what Chris said about Dak Prescott. And the Cowboys moving on from a quarterback, moving on uh, from him as a quarterback. They already made that decision. When he traded for Trey Lance, he's made that decision. Dak's time is ticking. He's not even the MVP of his team. His defense doesn't uh, – doesn't I mean, a lot of people on his defense is still hush-hush. They still don't believe in him as a quarterback, as the, as the one. And as far as I, I don't, I don't think that's that's true. I think, and, and thanks for the call. I think because you get Trey Lance does not mean you don't believe in the guy. It just means you're putting something in the back pocket a little bit. Yeah, and Trey Lance, I think, represents a very good bridge option to whatever's next after Dak Prescott. If in fact the Cowboys deem the number that Dak is asking for in the extension talks too much, if he wants Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, money then I think we could live in a world where they decide to move on from him, take whatever premium draft picks they get along with their own, move up in the draft in 2024, and get one of these signal callers that's coming out. They're talking about this 2024 quarterback class coming out of college as being one of the best classes that we've seen in the NFL in decades. So if that be the case, if the Cowboys could potentially – could potentially move on from Dak and still pay all of the other core players that they have – why couldn't they make a deep playoff run with a quarterback on a rookie contract? We've seen it all the time. Three of the last four Super Bowls have featured quarterbacks on rookie deals. Ev, you say it all the time. 
the most valuable commodity in the NFL is a quarterback that outperforms his contract. And the easiest way for a team to guarantee that be the case is to have a quarterback on an entry-level deal. But it never happens in their rookie year, which is why if you're going to do it, you got to do it with Dak, not without Dak. Look at the Packers. They made the right move doing it with Rodgers, not without Rodgers. All right, we're going to get more of your phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN coming up, as well as maybe, possibly, we'll get to the over. I'm just going to tease the over-unders revisited maybe until tomorrow. So we may get to it next, <laughs> or we may not. Stay tuned. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Is this what you're saying to your wife, Canty girl? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. No, I've never sung that to my wife before. First How time for everything. I would, I would do that every you know, day if my last you know, name was she Canty. Would, she would look at me and she would say, that's too on the nose. <laughs> I, I no, Mel, awesome. Mel ain't going for it. She, she would think it's corny. Well, hence why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Series so small is your co-sign of that, right? Yeah. A, little, a little too corny, yeah. But it's also cool. It is cool. It it's is cool. cool. Something can be cool and corny at the yeah, same time, right? Yeah, I guess right? that's true. I guess that's true. Like Evan's shirt. It's cool, but it's also corny. Wow. Just catching strays all show long. You know, by the way, I want to do something for the TV audience. <laughs> and this is not me popping my collar. It's showing the stretch. I appreciate the stretch. As a big guy, 6'8", 350 pounds, I appreciate the stretch. Does it make it more the breathable? St- the st- oh, my God, The stretch yeah. saves your life. The <laughs> you don't stretch, get it. The stretch you're when right, your stretch game I don't is strong, it saves your life. That's this, why I'm asking. This new fabric and material for men's clothing, the fact that CC and I and all of the men out there are allowed to wear the stretch, we're allowed to wear the joggers and, like, the warm-up pants and the sweatpants or whatever it is, the fact that that's in now is one of the greatest things to ever happen, I think, ever in the world. But I think the best part about <laughs> it is when you're wearing the clothes and they don't look like that. Yes, when they don't 100%. look like they stretch, but they actually do. Okay, so look like at my pants today. It's stretch day. Like exactly. Describe, describe my pants today. How you would look at them? They look like pants that you would wear on the golf course. They, they look. Yeah, feel they, them. Though. They look That's like I'm not gonna maybe feel them, blue but I can khaki. See, you can I can see, see you pulling and stretching exactly. a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So you're from head to toe stretch today. Yeah. yeah. Did you stand up so people could see your Louis Vuitton belt? It's fake. I think that's what it was. Yeah. It's fake. It's Canal Street. <laughs> you got you that from Canal. I saw you This is this is not a joke. This is not a joke. Okay. Two years ago, I go to the Summer League in Las Vegas. I'm with Sam Pines from uh, ESPN Los Angeles. The two of us are there. I realize as I get off the plane, we're going to go to the Summer League, Thomas and Mac. And I'm like, Sam, I I don't have a belt. And then I go to the hotel shop. And I'm like, I'm not spending $90 because I forgot a belt. I walk into a Walgreens. I'm like, do you guys have belts? I just want a cheap belt just to throw one on. They're like, yeah, downstairs. They have a fake Louis Vuitton belt 
for $12. I get so many compliments on this belt with people thinking it's real. It's from the now, basement of Walgreens? Now I've gone on national television and radio and told everybody I wear a fake Louis belt. You're airing out Walgreens, though, because I'm pretty sure they shouldn't be selling that. <laughs> it's the back door <laughs> of the basement. <laughs> Copyright infringement. Wait a minute. It's the <laughs> Canal Street of Walgreens. <laughs> what happened was... Uh, what happened was... I, uh, yeah, I didn't realize that part of it. I wasn't supposed uh, to say that. Re- remix, remix. Moving also, it right along. We got sports to talk about. There hey, we go. Yeah. There we, we go. got sports to talk but about. But not the over-unders. We're just going to refuse to do no, that. No, we're not going to do Which that. Which team we'll, is the fake we'll, Louis Vuitton we'll Back belt of the NFL. Exactly. That's the Atlanta tomorrow. Falcons and Tampa Bay Bucks there per right. one Chris Canty. Right. The Canty girl. Uh, Rod in Raleigh listening on 99.9. By the way, Brian Gruby, who runs that station, is a huge Giants fan living in Carolina. So he loves you now, Canty. What's up, Rod? Hey, man, I, I had a comment about this MVP, but I really want to know what this Walgreens ass I can <laughs> In Vegas, where was I staying? Where was I staying? There's going to be a line out the door. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Can we get a close-up out? You want me to take the belt off? Should I take uh, the belt off? Is that an HR violation? Yeah, I feel uncomfortable oh, right now. I'm keeping my pants on. Rod, look what you've done, Rod. You told me to touch his pants. Now he's asking me to take his belt off. Phrasing. It's a nice fake belt. I'm I'm so uncomfortable. Slide it over. Slide it over. Here, look. It's too big for me, but nonetheless. What you got for us, Rod? Really quick. The league is full of quarterbacks. I think we have great quarterbacks. We have good quarterbacks. Good quarterbacks get you the playoffs. Great quarterbacks get you the Super Bowl. But what what makes you good or great, I think, go back to the – let's go back to the Michael Parsons, the Jalen Carter, or the guy they just re-signed over there in Kansas City, the defensive tackle. Those guys have the ability to make or disrupt quarterbacks. Parsons is a disruptor, and I just – I'm trying to understand why aren't these guys made MVPs because these guys disrupt quarterbacks. Only great quarterbacks right now. The only great quarterback I think we have is Mahomes, Jalen Hurt, and I'm a diehard Dallas fan, but Dak is not a great quarterback. Yeah, by the way, you just brought up, and thanks for the call, here's a hot take that's not that hot because Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be obvious. Give it a year or two. We're going to have the same conversation about Jalen Carter versus Jalen Hurts. Jalen Carter is so ridiculously good. He is wrecking games already for the Eagles, and we're going to have that value proposition conversation. That's an interesting take, though. We only have one great quarterback in this league. I think Burrow's great. I think he's hurt. I think there are other great quarterbacks. I wouldn't put Dak Prescott in the category of great. I would put him in the category of good. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a quarterback that you're capable of winning a Super Bowl with if you have him on a contract that he can outperform. But if Dak Prescott is going to you know, insist on being a top-of-the-market guy, then I can make the argument that the Dallas Cowboys should go about their business a different way. And let's face it, this is a franchise that should do di- things a little bit differently than they have in the past. People don't want to admit this, but they have the fifth longest conference championship drought of any team in the NFL. They haven't been in a conference championship game in 27 years. The only teams that have longer conference championship droughts are the Browns, the Lions, the Commanders, and the Dolphins. That is the territory that the Dallas Cowboys are in. So suggesting that they move on from Dak Prescott rather than pay him $55, $56, $57 million a year and invest that money in Micah Parsons in the defense and the other core players that are young on that team is not crazy it's not one of those things that's, that's completely far gone. In fact, I think it's a decision that Jerry Jones will ultimately have to make this offseason. Now, 
it's contingent on what this team actually does this year. If they do go on a deep playoff run, if they get to a conference championship game, then maybe you can justify paying Dak that money. But if they don't, then you got to make a hard choice. I think they should keep both of them, but I'm also higher on Dak and the combination with Dak and Mike McCarthy than most. Keeping him is easier said than done. If he wants $55 million a year and Michael Parsons in demands $35 million a year, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't pay everybody top-of-the-market money. You yeah. can't do it. Yeah, I mean, and that's where the Trey Lance thing comes in. I don't believe they acquired Trey Lance to replace him, but I do believe that Trey Lance would be one of those guys, if he is good, that you could attempt to have him outperform his contract because he's going to be a starting quarterback still on a rookie deal. That's kind of where you go with that. All right, um, Greeny is coming up next. Greeny started a lot of this conversation by talking about the Michael Parsons uh, MVP candidacy, so you can hear Greeny from 10 until noon Eastern time here on ESPN Radio. We are on to Thursday. Where's my belt? It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.